All right, folks, good evening. My name is Travis, and this is Oscar Mike Radio, episode 95. That's right, Niner 5. Um, today is March 31st, 2018, and I have a, a guest, a new guest on the podcast. Um, look, they have Ford Tough, they have Marine Tough, they have Tough Jeans. Folks, I want to introduce you to Jim Tough. Jim, that's Jim Tough. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No problem. My honor is all mine. Look, uh, folks, the reason I, I, I really was interested in talking to Jim was I started watching these videos that uh, I saw in the Companion Ranch uh, Facebook feed about this guy who wears an army hat and sunglasses, and he does <laughs> 22 push-ups a day for veterans and, and it just seemed like a really interesting story I started talking to Mr. Jim Tuff and uh, so Jim I just kind of curious what did you do in the army and, and, and how long you been were in the military well I was 11 Bravo grunt infantryman uh, 14 and a half years did three years on recruiting during that time uh, did not go to combat that was not for lack of trying, volunteering, and just wrong wrong place at the wrong time, I guess. Or depending on how you look at it, the right place at the right time, uh, considering what ended up happening to me. Um, I was with, uh, you'll see, uh, my my hats represent my the divisions I was in. I don't usually wear my 3ID hat. This I, I have my can-do crest on there, and I don't usually wear that one. But I was 3ID, uh, 7th ID, 2nd ID, and 4th ID. Um, infantry division and uh, learned a lot about myself, a lot of, learned a lot about people. Um, it, was, it was learned how to be a leader. And that's kind of where I ended up doing it. Why I'm doing this is because I still feel a sense of duty to my fellow brothers and sisters that are struggling. How I ended up. So, you know, I didn't serve in combat either, but, you know, it, it's still a bond, right? Absolutely. And when you say leadership, I mean, what's a lot of people do not understand what it's like trying to lead men in the battle, either, either on the officer or non-commissioned officer level. What was what was developing those leadership traits like for you? Well, uh, as a buck private, uh, learning the job, I learned from people that had been in combat, Vietnam. Uh, most of my original, my first chain of command was Vietnam era. So I learned how down and dirty combat could be without even having to go because you'd listen to these guys talk. Uh, and, you know, the field craft that they develop in you and as far as the leadership, you'd see how they led. And they were gruff, downright a-holes, if you want to get right down to it in many <laughs> cases. But the thing is, is they you knew they cared about you. They they the things that they were teaching you were to bring you back home. And I took that with me. And the, the biggest come home moment for me was when I went to Normandy in 1994 with the fourth infantry division, one of 30 guys got, that got selected to go for the 50th commemoration. And What's I got to stand like? on your it, it is humbling. It really is. You look at what the greatest generation did that day on June 6, 1944. And it's just incredible. The fact that they even got up that dang bluff on Omaha. And I mean, Utah, we started, <laughs> this is the beauty of the American soldier. We were in Utah beach. We were over a mile off course at the landing beach 
And actually, that proved to be fortuitous because had they landed where they originally planned, it would have been bloody Omaha times two. Uh, so, I mean, the it's the it's it's insane going over there and seeing exactly what happened that day. You look, you can still basically get into some of the old German fighting positions that are still left from the Atlantic Wall, and you can literally see the fields of fire that they had on our guys. And this, how anybody survived that day is it, it's a miracle. So that kind of brought home what I was doing that, uh, you know, it was the first battlefield I'd actually physically stepped on other than the Sinai, but there's not a lot left there. Um, it was the first time you could actually, I could actually see what the battlefield would or where a battlefield was and what it looked like. And it, it, it brought it home that if I'm going to be in charge of guys, I got to do the best job I can to get these guys home because it's not going to be easy. So, just just before we go on to the next subject, I want to ask what your opinion is. I always wondered, and maybe I missed it, I never figured out why. Like now, we would have had the, the B1s and the A10s strafing that, that position before we sent those guys in there. And it didn't seem like they had any kind of, of close air support. They just sent them hey diddle diddle straight up the middle, and we did it. I, I mean, that, that was insane to think about that. We actually did have close air support, just not in the same same ten, uh, same sense as we do now. They had uh, uh, they actually didn't use I don't believe, um, but I don't think they used the P-47s and P-51s and all that on the beach. But they did send over uh, B-24s, B-17s, uh, Lancasters, and all that from the British, bombing the heck out the area. But they missed. <laughs> they bombed too far inland, so that it, it missed the defenses. And then they had naval gunfire, but uh, and that was moderately uh, helpful, I guess. When you're when you're leading men and preparing men to lead them into combat, I, I mean, there is a sense of responsibility, and, and it, I get the impression that it didn't go away when you got out. So, what's that like? I I I, I got out of terminal lance. It's a long story, but. A lot of my sergeants felt the same way you did. They felt it was their God-given duty to uh, keep us from dying, and, and I hated some of the stuff they did. But like you said, you were trying to take care of your your, your men and, and your fellow soldiers. You know, where does that sense of responsibility come from? You think? Uh, well, I think part of it's the Army values, and uh, you know, goes for the same for the Navy, Marines, Air Force. We all have, and Coast Guard even. We all have the, the core values that our services instill in us. And, you know, it's the, it's the brotherhood. You don't want to, you know, you hear, you know, I've, I haven't lost a lot of friends to death, but I have lost, or there's been a bunch that have been maimed um, or severely wounded and are still trying to recover today. Um, and then, you know, there's been at least one that's committed suicide. And, you know, when I, when I begin, Eventually, I get to what happened to me and why I ended up here. But, you know, seeing that these guys are still accepting me, even though I didn't go, because for the longest time, I, I, I was down on myself. I was like, man, I'm out of the brotherhood. I didn't go. You know, but uh, they all came back to me when I found them on Facebook and such, and they, they accepted me back in. So, I mean, well, I, don't, I guess I never left. Um, but uh, so I feel a sense of responsibility to them because some of them I actually did lead. Uh, and some were just they were in my in my units and they were my brothers and I you know I am my brother's keeper and that's the way I look at it. 
you serve, you're in the Army, and you get out. What was the transition like from the Army being in for that long to the civilian role? What was that like for you? The Army is supremely good at getting you ready to go close with and destroy the enemy. They are absolutely, well, I wouldn't say absolutely, but they are not the greatest at getting you ready to get out. Um, I went through ACAP, sort of, uh, which is the Army Career and Alumni Program. I'm not sure what they call it now. I got out in 2004. The world, world of difference, I guess, nowadays. Um, but I uh, went through ACAP what I could because the unit tasked me out to do different things. So it was do, do what I had to do. Now, when I got out, it was fish out of water. I, you know, there's – you. any day you wake up in the military, putting putting that uniform on, whether it's the PT gear or if it's, you know, your, your camouflage uniform or whatever, your duty uniform of the day. You're representing the greatest country on earth, and there's a purpose to that. Even if you're picking up cigarette butts, there's still a purpose to what you're doing. When you get out, that purpose kind of goes away. You got to figure, you got to find your own purpose, and that kind of becomes the, I guess, the hard part is trying to find, try, trying to find the purpose. I was lost. <laughs> um, I mean, I wasn't devastatingly lost as far as I was going to commit suicide because I was not, not in the army anymore. You didn't serve in combat. You get out, and, and you're kind of lost. And I, I didn't serve in combat, and I felt the same way. Like, I didn't really match up to people who had. And I had an old first sergeant kind of set me straight on that one. He's like, the, 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 you write a blank check to Uncle Sam, and they can cash any time. So don't don't sit there and think like you weren't, you know, going to be called to, to do that. But, yeah. um how did you start finding yourself or finding some way to, you know, connect? You said mentioned the Facebook group. How did that work? Well, I'm still trying to find professional purpose. Personal purpose, I've kind of found one with the, the push-ups. Um, the, I guess the bigger, you know, bigger thing is now that I'm out, I'm, you know, I have responsibilities regardless to my, my family. And I got to got to handle that. And, you know, still trying to find a professional purpose. But, you know, other than that, I think I've I've risen like the Phoenix compared to what actually happened to me originally. Um, and I'll tell you about that if you want to hear it. Yes, I would. I mean, it's 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 for the context. A lot of people are very interested in this kind of thing. And, you know, we see you doing the push ups and. and I just want to go into the why. If you feel like going down there, we have the time. So, yeah, why don't you take us back there and tell us what, what got you to this point? Well, it all starts with a heart attack in 2002, just prior to deploying to uh, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Uh, first first run. <laughs> uh, two weeks before we deployed, was on a four-mile run, had a heart attack. Uh, I've been told is bad I for you. Running is bad for you. <laughs> The thing is, is I liked it. I just, uh, at the end of my career, what turned out to be the end of my career, I was not very good at it, and I had been pretty decent at it. But uh, I, the day that I had the heart attack, I was feeling better than I had ever felt in a long time. And wham! <laughs> oh, wow. And I walked back two and a half miles having a heart attack. Going, what the hell's wrong with me? And I had somebody with me, but I, I you know, because somebody stopped when I stopped, because they're like, oh, whoa, he stopped. Because I don't normally stop. Even if I go slow, I don't stop. Um, so I walked back and that, that long story with that one, but I ended up having a heart attack for almost three hours. I went, uh, golden hour times three. Wow. 
finally got treated. I mean, it was not a major heart attack. It wasn't the Widowmaker, but it was it killed 15% of my heart. Um, but, uh, that, then after that, you know, the unit, the unit deployed two weeks later, I was rear detachment commander, had to deal with a bunch of stuff from that. The civilian doctor's like, you need a low stress job. What's the army do? <laughs> Here's rear D. <laughs> You're the commander of the company. All right. Thank you. Um, but it was a rewarding experience. Actually, I got to see, learn a lot about me and my management skills on top of, you know, just, I, I ran a, a training program for the guys coming in before they finally stopped everybody going over. And I really enjoyed that because I really do love training soldiers. I mean, that was, that was one of the things I think I did really well. Um, but, uh, now I went and saw a doctor towards the time I was getting out and he's like, well, you have a problem with your valve and your aorta. Uh, but it should, you should be fine. Uh, you might have to have it replaced by the age, by the time you turn 70, if you live that long. I'm like, oh, well, that- <laughs> thanks doc. Yeah. So anyway, I got a, I, that was in 2004. I got out in March of 2004 and moved up to New York where my, my now ex-wife wanted to be. Um, and we started having problems. I think part of it, honestly, uh, was her and cause it takes two to tango. Uh, and the other part was me. I got distant. I started, I got involved in gaming because in first person shooter gaming, cause it gave me a chance to go do something I couldn't do. And even though that sounds freaking lame as shit now, it worked at the time. It got me through. Um, cause there was a sense of, you know, I'm still friends with a lot of those guys and girls. And actually my wife was one of the ones and she, I met her well after I broke up, well after I broke up with my ex. Um, so that, that filled a gap and I kind of got into it way too much and that kind of hurt the relationship with my, my ex and just things didn't work out. And then just prior to us breaking up about a year prior, 2005, I had a uh, open heart surgery cause I had an emergency. I ended up having a, my aortic valve replaced. Um, and up until then, the, the heart stuff really didn't bother me. But after the, after the, after facing mortality for the second time in three years in a different, different sense, uh, than say going to combat, I was prepared for that upstairs. Right, right. Uh, you know, you, you know, the same thing with the cash, you know, you, you, you write a check to Uncle Sam up to and to, up to the, the amount of your life. Um, I was prepared for that. I was prepared for, a, you know, whatever would be an artillery strike, an airstrike, a, you know, you know, a grenade hand to hand getting shot, you know, whatever it may be. I was ready for that. I wasn't ready for my heart to betray me. I wasn't ready for my body to betray me. So having had that twice happen to me, that just, that got me good. Um, and then my ex and I broke up and details I'll leave out, but we broke up and things got nasty and uh, I don't, don't know if I should say this or not. Well, you, know, you don't it's have the main to, part. I mean, but, but you know, divorce for a lot of guys, for many guys, almost all guys and especially military guys is traumatic, man. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I've gone through, through my uh, trial by fire, if you will, Yes. So the body is not really doing well. You've got the other stressors going on. What happens after that? Well, the the basically I got pushed to head towards the 22. 
And because of my head not being on right at the time, I damn near did. But my now, my angel, my wife, now, uh, came in and saved my bacon. So, so are you one of those guys who, you know, found love the second time around, like the second time around really is, is good? Well, <sighs> this is my third marriage. Oh, <laughs> I'm really great at marriage. I like, I guess I like doing it. No, um, this one is, this one is it though. Um, there's, we have a bond. It's, it's her and I against the world. Um, and you know, we're, we, we have probably the best relationship I could have ever, ever in my life hoped for. She is ex-military herself. Um, she's ex-army. And we get each other. And that's important. We rarely argue. And if we do, it's usually over something stupid. Just, I don't know, just to <laughs> have fun, I guess. I don't know. But we don't, we don't argue for much of anything. Um, but, uh, she, she's my, she saved me. She's my angel. And, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about my child that I have with my ex. I wasn't thinking about my ex, obviously. Um, but, uh, and this is before she came in and saved me before we even had a romantic relationship. She saved me as a friend because we were playing that stupid game one night and we happened to shut down the server to, you know, we, I wasn't, I don't sleep and she was up late for whatever reason and we hung out and, you know, and then it started developing from there after, after everything happened that it was going, that was going on with me. We started talking more and then we're kind of getting this a little backwards, but we had, we had talked, she was going through a divorce and we, we instant friends. And then we started talking on the phone and then I had my, my incident and she came in and said, nah, not happening. But, uh, She's pushed, she's pushed me to be me. She's pushed me to be a better me. And she's allowed me to be the person I am because I'm still that non-commissioned officer um, in many ways. Um, it doesn't go away. No, I tried to, I tried to cast it aside when I got out and that I didn't like me. I like me now. I wasn't too crazy about me when I got out. I tried to become a civilian and that sounds bad. Um, but I tried to become somebody I wasn't instead of just being the guy that's no longer in the army. I tried to like erase, erase that portion, I guess is the best way to put it. And once it's in you, 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 you're not getting it out. And if you've, and I think a lot of, a lot of people are like, ah, I'm, I'm done with the army and you know, they, they end up struggling with it because they get away from the core things that made them successful in the military. And that's not in all cases that, you know, everything is subjective. There's my oldest with my Hey, wife. how are you doing? She's one hey. of the stars of the show. All right. Yeah, I've seen you all doing push-ups with your dad. Very cool. Yeah. Sorry, we're waiting. Oh, it's no problem. No problem. I don't have any here, so I don't know what that's like. Hello. There's the other hey. the show, right? How's it going? Good. <laughs> you do push-ups with your dad? Now, does your wife do push-ups? Did you no. want to do? No, that's not. No. No, and that's her right there. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. No, I can't do push-ups. And there's Mary. She never does push-ups. Hello. All right. 
All right, let me get done with this so we can eat. <laughs> Say hi. Well, next time we'll have you guys on the podcast, no problem. <laughs> well, they are kind of an intense. I've gotten a lot of comments. We love your kids. Oh, they're but, great. Kids are great. It's my purpose for being. So um, just to ask, what prompted you to start doing push-ups now for, what, 370 days? 371 today. What, what? Um, I got challenged. Oh, really? Somebody said, do the 22 for 22. And I was like, all right. So first first 22 days was your, just your standard. I just did push-ups, I believe. It's been a while. <laughs> um, but uh, once I got to the end of it, I was like, you know what? No, I started talking about 10 days in. And I started thinking, you know what? I'm getting something out of this myself. And I think I can do something here because there's 22 veterans a day killing themselves. This has got to stop. You know, and I lost a soldier way back when. It was kind of a suicide by cop thing that happened to him. And it, I was mentally blocked from remembering that guy's name. And I talked to one of his friends who's still, you know, a friend of mine on Facebook. And we started talking about it. And he's like, you know, there's sometimes there's there's nothing you can do. But, you know, and it is what it is. And you have to, you know, he didn't, he didn't say continue on, obviously, but he's, he's like, you know, you're doing a good thing. And I was like, you know what, I'll just keep going. And I said, you know what, I'm going to do this until I can't physically do push-ups anymore. Or people say, yeah, we're done with you. We don't, we don't need your message anymore. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, I agree with you. It's not going to happen anytime soon. By my count, you've done almost 8,200 push-ups I don't think yep. I did that many push-ups in the Marine Corps, to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, well, in that 365 days, we lost, in just me, the days I physically did push-ups, because I don't do them seven days a week. I do them five, because I need a break, because I'm a broke-ass. Um, uh, plus, I work Saturday, Sundays, and schedule's not conducive to that. Um, but the uh, in just the physical days, I actually did push-ups, 365 of that's 8,030 soldiers, sailors, Marines, airmen, and Coast Guardsmen, and obviously gender nonspecific, that have killed themselves during that time. That's over a brigade. That's almost two brigades of Marines or Army and a carrier and a United States Navy Nimitz-class aircraft carrier oh. carrier's crew and a half of another one that have killed themselves. Oh, that's if you staggering. Put, that's when you put it like that, Jim. That is just I can't wrap my mind around that. It's it's a it's a scourge, it's a epidemic. It's you know, we we kill ourselves more than the enemy could has killed us in I think I think right now between Iraq and Afghanistan, I think that right now in one year we have double the death toll from ourselves than we do from enemy contact. I think I, know, I have not researched that all the way through, but I know our death toll in Iraq and Afghanistan in the past 11 and 15 years is up around 11,000. I think I, I'd have to double check that, but I think it's 11,000. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check that for the blog post. Absolutely. But we've lost, 
that that double that in that same same period of time from suicide. Well, I just I just like the fact that you took something as ordinary to a person as push-ups and have used it to raise awareness. Like, you know, I, I saw the the first video, and then I think his name is Jimmy James. I want to say out of the Companion Ranch in Colorado. So I checked this guy out, and like I said, I I really enjoyed the the message for the day more than anything else, and start looking forward to that because it's real and authentic and, and you know, I, I do the podcast because I want people to have hope. I don't want people to make that choice. And I've talked to family members who have lost uh, service members who were who served to this, and it's just it's just really earth shattering. So I just appreciate the way that you kind of opened up and and let let us in. And then you know, I can't I can't sit here and not think that wow. Um, you offer people a lot of hope, Jim, or you really do with your story and the way you approach this man. Thanks. I, it's, it's, it's me. I, I lived it. I can't, there, stupid Facebook memes, uh, not always so stupid. Uh, there was one about, uh, better, there was a veteran down, down in a hole. And I bring this up quite frequently in, well, not frequently, but often enough, uh, about being down, there's a veteran down in the bottom of the hole, and, and people are saying, "Hey, come on, climb out." And he's like, "I can't." So and then the next picture shows another veteran down in the hole, say, and the, the guy that's in the hole originally saying, "Why are you here? Why are you doing this?" The other thing, the answer is, "I've been there. I know how to get out. Follow me." So now, granted, what I've gone through is definitely not, and I say this a lot, is definitely not combat related. I don't have a TBI. I'm not missing a limb. I do have some new, uh, not factory made parts in me. Um, but I have PTS. It is part of me. It, I have to learn how to operate within that new normal. And not only that, you know, it's, I, I have, to me, I feel risen like a phoenix. I have gone from being in the, in the doldrums of my own mind. In the dark recesses, and I have gotten to the point where I can actually say, "Hey, no, there's hope," and you know, let's roll. Follow me, and you know, I do some research. Um, I don't cite it, but I tell people I'm do I do research on like I've been talking about PTS growth lately, and that's a big thing. Is because if we sit stay, if we sit at where we're at, we're never going to move forward. We're always going to be in that hole. And we're never going to get out. So we have to learn how to. We have to have somebody take us by the take us by the hand, or push us by the backside. You know, even if it's a foot foot in the ass, saying, "Hey, get moving, move forward." You know, do do something similar to this, and see if you can't find your way back to the light. You know, I say it a lot. You know, if you're looking into the abyss, and that's what scared the shit out of me, is I was staring into the abyss. And I didn't like what I saw, but I didn't see another alternative until my wife turned around, my now wife turned around and said, hey, no. Nah. She grabbed me by the back of the, the scruff of the neck, turned my ass around, and I walked and she walked, marched me back into my life. Oh, that's awesome, man. That is badass. I, I just appreciate you sharing this with with me, with us. If you're a veteran out there and you know are, are contemplating this or you're staring at that abyss, I think that's a perfect you know, way to describe it, Jim. 
you know, you're you're a vet, you're one of us looking in the abyss and thinking that it's the right place to go. I, I just, uh, Jim, I want people to come to your Facebook page. I'll put it in the blog post link, and you can just by listening to what he has to say before he does his push-ups, maybe that will will help you. And there's people out there that will help you, right? People that care about you. Well, Jim, I I I, I just you know close with man. Thank you so much. No problem. I is a part of my life now. I, I, it's a something got, <laughs> unless something's really bad, um, I'm doing it. Um, one, one other thing is we've, you've said this before and I said it, you know, about right, you know, we, we wrote the check to Uncle Sam, uh, up to, for the amount of up to, you know, I can never get it right up to the uh, cost of our own life. Right. Well, we're not supposed to cash the check ourselves. Absolutely. Well, folks, that that is episode 95, and it just kind of came across very quickly, but it's just one of those things uh, as to why I do this. If you're a veteran and you're thinking about making a, a stepping off into the abyss, there's hope. And, Jim, I got a lot of hope tonight, and I just want to thank you, brother, for uh, being so candid and real with me. My pleasure. Anytime. Well, look, folks, you can check out Jim Tuff on his page. It'll have the link in the blog post. Uh, definitely want to check back with Jim as he progresses on this journey. And if you have any questions, you can reach out on the Oscar Mike Radio Facebook page. Uh, this is Travis. This is Jim Tuff. Um, and he is tough for doing that many push-ups, Omar, and we are out.